Coming to you from the megacity metropolis of Toronto, this is the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast. I'm your host, Eric Anthony, and this is episode 332. trivia champion Shane yeah. what happened well not just me my team the of pines course. of Mark Gables phase two <laughs> you're such a nerd oh it's the best I love I love deep cut names like that and that was one uh, yeah the pines of Mark Gables phase two um, it, we we thought we lost this one and then we won we got two wrong hmm. overall and um, how many questions in total it's three rounds of 15, so 45. Okay. So two if you wrong. get, we got two wrong. Uh, we had, there was this, uh, it was pretty, there's always, so the first round is like usually the easier questions. You should, if you don't get perfect on the first round, you shouldn't be there. Like that's pretty much how it is. Um, we <laughs> we had this couple, there's always a bunch of like teams that they've never done it before. And they're, they're just people that come to like have fun. Uh, they don't take it as serious as us. And they'll, they'll have teams with names like the Can't Stand Us or the Moops or the Mulvas or something like that. And you're like, right away i read your team name if it's not a deep cut i'm like they're not winning i know it right now like <laughs> we, they're casual viewers um so there's this older couple that were there and they were just like we we're talking to them and they're like yeah we uh we know seinfeld pretty good like we're gonna do i was like absolutely man good for you and then and you have a uh, your paper and just when the round's over you trade with another team and you grade each other's papers so we did theirs their team name is team mola i was like they're not gonna do it they got five wrong out of 15 on the first round and i was just like jesus would i have gotten them i think i think you would have gotten probably maybe one or two wrong if anything but not this was like i was just like yeah you guys watch seinfeld you don't know about you don't know it like we do and we went out like we're having a little smoke break and they were like talking about how well they know and the lady started like quizzing me and i was just like listen lady you're asking (laughs) questions from i've done every trivia online that there is i know every everything that you're gonna ask me nailed it these people didn't even stay for the third round after the second tell them about your podcast no, I didn't tell them about the podcast. Should have told them they're the old. Podcast. They're older. They're like in their fifties. Like they probably, uh, they probably don't even know what a podcast is, um, or would listen to. <laughs> I don't know. But they didn't stay. Fifty-year-old podcasters. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they left second or after we looked up third round. They were gone. They they realized they were in way over their heads. They probably got their heads. They yeah. had no idea who they're dealing with. But check this out. So our, another team that was there. There was because you can have up to six people. We have four on our team. There's a, there's a table of six people. In the first round, there's a rule. Obviously, you don't have your phones out because you can't cheat. The guys are sitting at their table. They had their phones out. And we're like, what the that. fuck? So so we went and told them. We go, hey, what's the, these guys got their phones out? Like, this is bullshit. And then they tell us, oh, they're friends with the guys who are playing, but they're not actually playing. They're just their friends. They're just sitting at the table with them. And I was like, it still seems like bullshit to me, man. Like, that's no good. Um, so round three comes. We've So we've gotten, we got two wrong in the last round. Round three, we're grading those people's paper, the one that we thought were cheating. They get perfect on the last round, and we're like, and it was a hard round, so we're like, fuck, they won. There's, they won, they cheated, but they won. Whatever. We're like, I've just decided they won. Uh, I decided that, you know, I was like, you know what? They want to fucking cheat to win. Fine, that's, I don't care. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back and beat them without cheating. I don't know, even if they cheat. We find out after that we did win, 
because we got two wrong. They got f they got perfect on the third round, the hardest round, but then they got four wrong in the earlier rounds, which are easier. So I don't even know what happened there, but we were so surprised. They called our name that we won. We were it was like a come from behind win. We were super happy. They probably started cheating when they saw how hard it gets. Probably something like that. But they, they also already... I think like there's there's questions that aren't like you can't Google and find out like. There's one where it's like in the parking garage uh, when they get out of the car. It's like who spots the car first. So right. it's like you have to have watched that and seen it. Like if you Google that, you're not going to find out what happened. If you read the script online, it's not going to tell you that like Elaine says the car, but George is the one who sees it first. Like things like there's questions like that. So it's like I think that's probably where they went wrong is that like there's things that you even maybe they weren't cheating. I don't know, but they got four wrong. If they were cheating, that's pathetic. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's weird, right? Because if, like you said, the, the first round, you should if you're in this to win it, you'll get them all right. Yeah, you the first get... round is like, like what kind of cookie did Jerry eat at the bakery? Uh, right. What's Newman's job? Like it's like questions right, like right, that. Right, like it's right, insanely right. easy. Um, do you want to know what we got wrong? You wanna, yeah. let, I'm going to ask you the two that we got wrong and see if you know it. Okay. Um, one is, is I knew it, but I, I couldn't. You know when you just blank and you can't? Yeah, just, yeah. In the, you know the episode, The Smelly Car, season okay. four? I know the episode. Elaine says, they're talking about awful smells that they like. Elaine says that they named two awful smells that, and Elaine says she likes them. What are they? Skunk? You have to get both. Skunk? We got skunk. We couldn't think of the other one. Skunk? I can see you're saying it's skunk. And... propane no we we actually wrote gasoline because okay. i was i was just like i was like maybe it's gasoline but i I, th I think i was thinking more of like tommy boy where he smells the mm. gas and he's like he, he, he. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh it's horse manure and then she goes i love horse manure you know what uh, i mean Remember that yeah, scene? yeah 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 uh, so i was like that pissed me off because i was like i didn't know what i just blanked we all not all of us blanked on that anyways we knew it was skunk but you had to get both to get it right so we got that wrong okay. and then this one's a really hard one in the episode the wink where uh, george gets the grapefruit squirted in his eye and he's winking uh jerry's eating healthy um he orders two things and then elaine goes what are you turning into and he goes a healthy person what does Jerry order? What's his order, his healthy order? Yogurt with fruit? No, no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, know. I don't remember. I have no idea. So egg listen, to the, no, well, everyone probably put egg white omelet because that's his thing, right? He can't, he, he, Reggie doesn't have the egg white omelet. He loves the egg white omelet. No, so we wrote coffee and a grapefruit because we were like 100%. Me and Jude, we didn't even question it. We were like, he orders coffee and a grapefruit. It was coffee and a veggie – no, sorry, grapefruit and a veggie sandwich. That's his healthy order. The reason we wrote coffee and a grapefruit and we were so sure is because if you go back to the Subway episode when he's talking to the naked man, he's like – he's like, he goes, how about skipping breakfast? He goes, I guess – I'm guessing you're not a coffee and a half grapefruit kind of guy. And then the guy goes, I like a good breakfast. So we were like – in our mind, we could hear Jerry saying coffee and a grapefruit. So we wrote that. We got it wrong. It was coffee and veggie sandwich. But that's, that's a tough. hard question, man. That's tough. That's, that's very a hard random. One. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's 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 getting into the weeds. And if you get that, <laughs> I mean, if you get perfect, you got to get one wrong on this because those when you get into those later rounds, they're difficult, man. If you got oh, yeah. perfect, wouldn't you be concerned? Wouldn't you at that point say, 
I got perfect on this extremely hard Seinfeld want, trivia. I, we've realized now that like our goal is like we've won twice. We want to be like the Tom Brady. We want to get seven rings. <laughs> or I think I could be happy. Maybe. I don't know if I'll ever be happy about this. But I want to be like if I could get perfect and get zero wrong, which we've never done, I think I would be very, very pleased with myself and maybe take a I break think, for a minute. I think that's a pretty good goal like if you get perfect you got to say okay now i got to master something else yeah 50 or 45 of those questions like the ones you just gave me like you're not watching anything else dude no no you're not <laughs> uh one of them we got really right and apparently even like a lot of seinfeld aficionados forget this one or don't know it what's the drake's first name you like the drake i remember the drake you love Michael. Drake? No, no, no not it's, Michael. It's Scott Drake. We got that right. Nice. And the Drakeette. The Drakeette's name is Allison. I knew that. I was like, oh, I wish they would ask me that. <laughs> it also it turns you on. Oh, if they only they asked me because that. Because there's one. ones where it's like these questions, <laughs> and you're like, oh my god, that's so easy. I like, I you know, like obviously there's gonna be easier ones, but it's like, why don't you ask me like, oh, like ask me a really hard one. Well, you got that's a pretty difficult one, and you got two really difficult ones hard. But you're the champ again, just like I thought. Yeah, we won. Well, not just me, the team. It was the no, team. the team. But I mean, I got one of the team members doing a Seinfeld podcast with me. That's pretty cool. That yep. your bon, what do they say, bona fides are legit. Oh yeah, you are a Seinfeld expert. So this week's episode, the revenge. Uh, we're almost getting into some some of the golden episodes. We're almost there. The restaurant's not far away. Uh, what yeah. else is there? The restaurant in this season? There's this one season, more. there's not a whole lot of other good stuff. It's uh, the restaurant and then the Chinese restaurant. And that's probably it. That's I like the really baby good. shower. I like the baby shower. That one was fun. Baby shower's okay. Come on. No, I don't. I mean, of this season, like the one, the two that I really like, the Pony Remark, the Chinese restaurant, everything else I think is okay. Okay. All right. I think I saw one more that I was like, oh, that's in this season. That's cool. I forget which one it is now. Well, so, after this, we got the heart attack, the deal, the baby shower, the Chinese restaurant, he was good. the bus boy. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking of the, the, the baby shower. Okay. All right. Well, almost there. Season three. Yeah, and then we get in season season three, like the note, the truth. That's the beginning of the season three. They're okay. Then you get the pen, mm. uh, and, and then you get <laughs> like after that, you get like the dog, which is okay. And then you get the oh library, God. the parking garage, the cafe. Like then it's just like beautiful. It's amazing. Three episodes in, you're really into like prime Seinfeld. We're almost there, folks. We're almost there. So this I am, one, I am rereading uh, Seinfeldia. If you ever read that book, or if you haven't, you should. If you're a Seinfeld fan, so it's isn't that the uh, Jerry? That wasn't that his little book that came out in the nineties? No, that's sign language. That's just sign language. His like his stand up. No, there's a book called Seinfeldia: uh, How a Show About Nothing Changed Everything by uh, her name is Jennifer Keishin Armstrong. And it's just basically how like Seinfeld got going and how they developed and came up with stories and so like that. And if you if you're a Seinfeld fan, this is an amazing book. Okay. All right. Seinfeld, yeah. You should get it. I think you should get a Seinfeld uh, comic going of some kind. Some that'd be cool. People would love it. It would be your few silly Jerry. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
All right, the revenge. Um, George begins this episode. I mean, do you want to talk about the bit? I don't even remember the bit that well. What's the synopsis? Do we got a synopsis oh, for this? Uh, here, I got yes. it. I got it. You got George, it. Yes. George takes revenge on his boss for not hiring him back after he quit and was rude to him. And Jerry and Kramer take revenge on a dry cleaner after Jerry mm. accuses him of stealing $1,500 from his laundry bag. Nice. IMDb? Or did you write that? That's, that's IMDb. Yeah, succinct. Perfect. Yeah. So it begins with uh, George storming into his boss's office, Rick Barr. Is that the guy's name? The, the company's called Rick Barr Properties, but his boss is Rick Levitin. Levitin. Okay. So Barr is the other partner. <laughs> Have uh, you ever quit? Maybe, but uh, it wouldn't be like that. Like It would be his last name and the other guy's last name, right? It wouldn't be named like Rick. I don't know. I don't know why it's called Rick Barr Properties, but uh, it's Rick Barr Properties. So Rick Levitin is the scumbag boss here. Um. Yeah, he's scummy, but I mean... He's Typical. not wrong about, like, like George is the one who's kind of an asshole. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> 100% George should be in prison by the end of this episode. Yeah, I don't know George, how he is George in. storms in and uh, tells him off about, because he, uh, George got a notice, uh, <laughs> a memo that he's no longer to use his boss's private bathroom, which everyone uses. Um, he's supposed to use the one down the hall that they share with Pace Electronics. <laughs> But he really goes off on his boss. He really, what does he say? He goes, uh, where is it here? Let's, uh, it's not and in the laughing stock. Calls him a laughing stock. No brains. Yeah. No, um, you're a joke. Uh, I can't remember. He really does storm out though. He yeah. says, I will I mean, never work for you again. Nothing. Uh, these people are laughing at you. You're nothing. You have no brains, no ability, nothing. I quit. Have you ever um, have you ever quit like that? No, I don't think so. I've definitely like quit jobs, but I don't think I've ever like uh, I don't think I've ever stormed out. Marching in, as Elaine calls it, when she's going to quit with Mister Pitt. I'm marching in. I've done the marching. <laughs> You've done the marching. I've, no, that's I've done what a George marches. says. He goes, "I've done the oh. march." <laughs> the march out, not so good. That's when you realize all the money you're losing. Yeah. Have you done the march in? Sort of. Yeah. You're gonna tirade had... like this? I know you want to. <laughs> I have. I actually have. Yeah, and you really give it to him? Oh yeah. It was one I've I've done a couple that are for the books. I'll say that. This wasn't too far from it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually now I, my current boss now, I've actually gotten to a big fight where I've said things on this level. But yeah. I, we, I didn't quit, and I still work for him. But we have quite the relationship where we tell each other to go fuck ourselves a lot. Yeah, and I and sometimes you, uh, I mean, industry of course is going to dictate what becomes kind of common or yeah. not as surprising. But yeah, uh, we're, not, we're not real estate agents. That's for no, sure. we're not working in the real estate office. But uh, this is, I think, the episode where George is like George has arrived. The way we know him to be, like his full origin story has now been told, and he is here. Yeah. yeah this yeah, is I it. Think so, yeah, you're, yeah. you're right. Costanza is here. <laughs> this is full-fledged. Um, you've you've so seen this it. this story build. is based on um, two things. Uh, the writer, Larry Charles. Larry David wrote this episode by himself. It's the first one he wrote without Seinfeld. All the other episodes they've written together 
this is Larry David by himself. But one of the influences is the writer Larry Charles because Larry David and Seinfeld had their own public or private washroom and Larry Charles would use it. I don't think they ever told him not to or sent him out, but I think that's where he got the idea from it. Like what if they told me I, I can't use their washroom or something like that? So that, that was Larry Charles' idea. But the the story of quitting in a huff, freaking out, and then coming back and trying to pretend <laughs> as if he didn't have – Larry David did that. It was based on reality. <laughs> Larry David wrote on Saturday Night Live. I think they, I think it was the '85 season. They said or something like that. He was there for one year. Uh, halfway through, he got. He said he got one sketch on the whole season, and it was aired like five to one, like the last spot. And uh, halfway through the season, Dave, Larry David freaked out, just like George did. Freaked out, quit, called them oh, all Lord a bunch Michaels. of names. Uh, I don't know if it was Lauren Michaels or, but someone. He stormed out and he quit and he left in a huff. Then he, uh, he said he realized how much money he was losing, <laughs> and he, he he talked to Kenny Kramer, his neighbor, and Kenny Kramer said, just go back and act like it didn't happen. And he did, and it worked for him. He stayed on for the rest of the season. So Larry David, it worked. For George, it doesn't work out so, quite so well. Yeah, I'm surprised it even worked for Larry David. That's hilarious. Well, he just went, oh, what are you talking about? I was joking. That was a joke. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a comedian. I love the way <laughs> I love the way uh, Jerry later on convinces George of the same move. But there's a <laughs> a couple a couple bits before that moment. Is this the first Newman reference that we get? In the, fir- the first appearance of Newman, and we don't see him, but we hear him in a different voice, voiced by Larry David. Uh, I think they went back when they cast Wayne Knight. They went back in syndication and they like redubbed the voice for Wayne Knight. Oh, really? Yeah, but uh, when I just watched that Netflix and it's very clearly Larry Larry David. Yeah, it's still the same. I was so I was reading about it. They Newman was just supposed to be a a one-off character. Like there was just uh, they weren't planning on bringing him back, but they were going to show him and he was going to be. uh, I think they they cast two actors and they were they, he was going to be a black guy because uh, hmm. uh, the the guy who auditioned from him his name is Tim Ross who uh, I don't know if you're a Star Trek guy but he was the Black Vulcan in Voyager the actor okay okay you could picture him right I didn't watch Voyager but I know what that guy looks like right like, I think so yeah uh, he, apparently he was going to be Newman and then there's the guy from the Cosby Show um, I forgot his name but he was. Um, What's it called? He was Vanessa's fiance on the Cosby show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, go ahead. Keep talking. It's going to come to me. I feel embarrassed. That I didn't. I don't have this ready to go. But yeah, they were uh, William Thomas Jr. He played um, Dabness Bricky. Dabness. MC. Oh. You know the Cosby show better than me. He played I, Vanessa Huxtable's fiance, yeah. Dabney Bricky. Dabness. So I think they actually did cast that actor, but then they really downplayed and like cut out his role in the episode. And then I don't think they were going to bring Newman back until later on in season three. They met um, Wayne Knight, and I guess everyone just was like, "This guy's great. We got to have him on the show." So they put they put him in as uh, Newman. Yeah, he's he he's the perfectly cast person when you need someone that irritates you just by being in the room. He just has that presence in his acting. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, Wayne Knight is he's actually a really good actor in everything actor. he does. He's done dramatic stuff, too. Always oh, really good, actually. And I mean, his his role as Newman, he's incredible. I love that he's in JFK. I just love that. 
I didn't realize I saw the clip of the the JFK, but I didn't realize he's like he's in that scene where they're talking about the magic bullet, which is just like they to 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 parody that with the same actor there is wild that they do that on Seinfeld. It's so good. Yeah, I can't wait for those ones. Um Yeah, so I was thinking to myself as I'm watching it, I'm like maybe it's still in syndication, but I'm surprised that it would be aired with the like I told him just to jump. I, with all like the sensitivity that we have today, like for for Kramer to just be like, he's just looking for attention. Just make him jump and commit suicide already. Yeah, like this I definitely. Do at least he's accomplished something. I, mean, the, I like the uh, when Crane goes, "What's his problem?" He goes, "No job, no women." He goes, "Well, he came to the right guy." <laughs> right. Well, Kramer's always been good with the ladies, and, though. Yeah, he's never had that problem. He's got the what do they call it? The kavorka. He's got the Kavorka. But um, yeah. uh, I guess this is, I don't know if this is an inconsistency or this is pre Newman. Like Newman's a, a, a postal employee, Newman. So uh, maybe this is uh, uh, before he worked for the post office or just an inconsistency that they didn't realize uh, because he's unemployed here, right? He has no job. Yeah. I think, I think they're probably just hoping that. They probably never thought people like us would be talking about every episode one day. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So they just probably thought, yeah, use that character's name that was going to be this and just make him that guy. Because I think, do you see Wayne Knight after this in the next Newman? Or or does does Larry David continue to voice those moments where they're talking no, about no, no, Newman? No. The next appearance or uh, sounds of Newman or uh, you see him as Wayne Knight and appropriately uh the episode the suicide huh wow interesting okay yeah it was uh it, it was one of those moments about suicide yeah very they're very uh flipping about it on seinfeld it's hilarious actually yeah That's there's I, there's a lot of jokes i mean jerry has that bit where i don't know like they it probably shows up in the show at some point but his in his like um you know i'm telling you for the last time special it's the mm-hmm. I don't understand people who fail at suicide. You failed at everything in your life, and it's like, if a rope doesn't work, try a gun. That doesn't work, try the oven. You know, like, it's just one more thing you failed at. <laughs> yeah, good old uh, good old comedy. I mean, even in um, the episode The Chinese Woman, when George finds out his parents are getting divorced, he turns on the oven, gets down on his knees, and sticks his head in the oven. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end of that episode, Noreen is on the top of the bridge and she's about to jump. And then she's saved by Larry David, Frank Costanza's lawyer. Yeah, who are you? I'm Frank Costanza's lawyer. Uh, so they're not shy about making fun of suicide. Never. No, it comes up a bunch for for one sitcom, actually. Yeah. You, would think, you, you would think you'd hear more about it on Fraser, the other great show that Shane loves. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Have you ever... Have you ever uh, shared your laundry load with a friend? No. Are you afraid of knowing his guys? The way Kramer I don't want my guys mixing. Yeah, I don't want that. I don't like that. Even, uh, you know, and if you've been in a laundromat or you go into a dryer and you think it's your clothes and it's someone else's clothes, even though they're clean, they're dried, for some reason, someone else's clothes is just, ugh, I don't want to touch those. I don't know what those are. That's hilarious. Yeah, Kramer wants his boys put it in the laundry. I guess because I've always shared laundry with people I've lived with. Like, I've always just been that, at home. I think that's different. But, yeah, I mean, I've always done my own. But now I live with my girlfriend. Obviously, we just do our laundry together in the same hamper. But, I mean, even living with, like, my brothers and stuff, I got a roommate. So we would do our own laundry. I wouldn't mix ours together. Yeah, as a I don't teenager. I boys touching mine. 
as a teenager, I did my own laundry. My stepdad was very clear on that. You do your laundry. I don't want you in my laundry. <laughs> Makes sense. As you grow up, you're like, yeah, I get it. We don't need to explain. Um, Jerry does fluff and fold. It's the only way to go. Drop it off. Way- I pick it up. Is that what you do, or do you do your own folding of the laundry? No, we have our laundry in our en suites, as they call it. Uh, oh, but I, I hate it. I, I would like to do fluff and fold. Um, I'd like to have my own washer dryer still so that, you know, you, you I want to wear the shirt tomorrow. I can throw it in or whatever. But I would like once a week drop off my clothes and pick them up. That sounds amazing. I did that when I visited New York once. And I stayed longer than I had intended to. And I just said, you know what? There's laundromats everywhere. So let me just go and throw. And it was like affordable. They give you your laundry back in a nice hamper. It's all clean. You had them do it for you. Yeah. I just dropped it off. Fluff and fold. It's beautiful. That's a great. But it's expensive. One time. bad. But I think every time it wouldn't be. I don't know. I mean, I lived in an apartment building where we had to pay for our own laundry machines anyway. So after a while, I mean. But now, now having my own, it's the best. I don't mind. I hate work. laundry so much. I hate putting really? away. I, I don't mind putting in the washer and then moving it to the dryer. It's the taking it out of the dryer and folding it and putting it away. I hate it. Sometimes I'll put it on the bed. My girlfriend hates it even more than me, too. I've become the bad guy because I'm the one telling her we have to put away our clothes. But we take the pile of clean laundry, throw it on the bed. And sometimes we just ignore it. And then we go to bed and we move it to the bench. And the Uh-oh. next day we put it on the bed again. I go, we got to do this. We have to do it. She doesn't like to do it, but we, we you got to do it. You got it. But I hate it. I hate it. I really, truly hate it. I'm the laundry folder in the house here. I'm not the best. I'm going to say I'm the best folder, but I throw everything on the bed and I just start separating. And it becomes easier when I see like, okay, that's just underwear. When you're trying to like sift through the laundry, it sucks. Uh, we both suffer from mild ADHD, so maybe that's why we just like it's it's a task. It's quite the task to do. <laughs> Legitimately ADHD. Yeah, or... I mean, I've never been diagnosed, but I've definitely okay. got like, and I'm talking mild, like uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I know someone who's like severe ADHD, and you're like, oh, I'm not that. That's yeah, that's ADHD. That's what I mean. like, but <laughs> I mean, I definitely we both have like serious ADHD tra- traits, which. Uh, yeah, so things like it's just little, simple tasks like that. It's just like, oh fuck, I don't want to do it, and you just find every reason to avoid it. Like mentally, it's it doesn't seem like much, but like when you're the way you're talking about it, you're like, hey, just do it and organize it. For me, I'm like just like dreading it. Like, holy fuck, I gotta put away that laundry. It sucks. <laughs> oh no, really? Some that, there's some things I feel like that for. I feel like that during tax season. Yeah, That's my yeah. laundry. Oh, sifting through all that. I hate going through paperwork. That's once a year. Yeah, exactly. Um, Did you donate to the Krakatoans? <laughs> no, I didn't. Not this year. Didn't pay off. And next year, I definitely have to. Um, the reason for George quitting, do you think it's a, little, a legitimate memo to send to somebody to be like, don't use the boss's bathroom, go there? Um, or do you think that's... Here, I definitely here. think, I would say George is overreacting. <laughs> I think so, too. Uh, I think it's a funny reason to quit. Um, I do like um, when when George shows up at the laundromat to tell Jerry about it. I do love that. Uh, <laughs> you in your bathrooms. Yeah, yeah. You Is it you in your bathroom? Are you in your toilet? Something like that. Because it's like, I mean, that's definitely a recurring thing with Costanza throughout the entire series. 
toilets, bathrooms, uh, even on Curb, his character when they do the reunion, he invented the iToilet. He made money off the app, and it tells you no matter where you are where the closest clean public washroom is. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, no. He loves his toilet humor. Even even when he's talking about uh, in the pitch, and he's talking about the Civil War, and George is like, what did, what did they do for toilet paper in the Civil War? <laughs> and then, like that's his, that's his main concern is always the bathrooms, the toilets. I love it. I, I feel like Jerry sums up Costanza pretty well with just, you and your toilets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you think, as a person who's watched the whole series, you'll think of all those moments of something stupid associated with George and his toilet. It's so true. I yeah. love it. And and that's what makes these episodes, I think, on rewatch funny. Because yeah. it doesn't matter what order you might see it in. You, if you've seen one of those later episodes where he's, like, jumping off the toilet or taking his shirt off or whatever it might have been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this joke lands now. It, Even it when he light. gets engaged to Susan and he's uh, talking about, like, why why don't the, the stall doors go all the way to the ground? And I'm like, <laughs> I agree with him, too. Like, and then he tells Steinbrenner and he goes, no way. All the way to the floor? You'll suffocate in there. <laughs> Or Kramer gets the job at Brant Leland because George recommends that's the best bathroom in the city. And then Kramer comes out of the washroom. Yeah, that's right. Flushed like a jet engine. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Uh, I like like when him and Jerry start discussing career opportunities. It's great. This is this is. This is a great origin story for George. Like if this, this was is great. They do two of these in there because Elaine's down for the second one. There's like the callback. And there's another, I can't remember what episode, but later on they do another episode where George is doing the same thing, sitting there spitballing ideas for, for jobs. <laughs> I like sports. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry's being so, like, trying to be so accommodating, but just like, I, I mean, maybe I could be a general manager of a baseball yeah. team. <laughs> He's like, I say good I stuff know. in the middle of the game. Maybe I could be yeah. a commentator. <laughs> a commentator, yeah. They tend, I, mean, I love that when he goes, uh, you know, they tend to give those jobs to ex ball players and people who are in, in the business. Well, that's not really fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's all politics. <laughs> or what's the other? Oh, he goes, I like movies. Maybe I could be a, a projectionist. Because I mean, you have to know how to use the projector. It's probably a union job. All this damn union job. <laughs> <laughs> it's but I and I love that it's a foreshadowing to what George's future career will be. Like it's just it's great to go back to this and think of George's life, and it's, you well, laugh yeah. at it. He gets he gets the job as the assistant to the traveling secretary of the Yankees. But remember in the. Um, what episode? Oh, the caddy when George is he locks his keys out of his car, so he's up for a promotion because they always see his car there. <laughs> he, he's going to be recommended. I think the the position is the assistant to the GM, so he's almost a GM. Like that's pretty close. It's very close. Just the fact very that he close. got into Yankee head office yeah. is yep. hilarious, and, and he, he almost got the job with the Mets as the head scout. Yeah, like he he ended up having a little bit too much of a voice in the Yankee uh, clubhouse. Yeah. It was hilarious. Oh, especially when you got a calzone. You got, you got <laughs> Steinbrenner hooked on the calzones. But yeah, I mean, I love that. It could be a so commentator. A general, I just love the idea of just, what about this? I, I could I could just be a, a commentator. <laughs> what about a talk show host? <laughs> talk show host is good. Yeah, I guess you can't just go in and apply for a talk show host job. Today they'd probably say, be a podcaster. People are making money off of that now. Yeah, they'd I guess probably so. <laughs> throw that joke in there. Not me, but there's that. What's that? There's like an account. It's like woke or new Seinfeld, Millennium Seinfeld, or like it's like an account where they do storylines of like if Seinfeld was still around today. So it'd be something like that. They'd be like, 
uh, George starts a podcast or something like that. You know, they didn't. You ever see that? You know what I'm talking about? No, I haven't seen it's it. It's like on Twitter should... and Instagram, and they just they pitch stories of like as if they were still. It was, but it's like really exaggerated where it's like Jerry's uh, dates a girl whose cat sprays on him, so he saws his legs off or something like that. Cause <laughs> <it's a joke. laughs> it would be funny to to have a show like that today, or even like, I mean, I never wanted to touch it, but. The idea of those type of characters with cell phones, but I guess that's what Sunny in Philadelphia is, right? Yeah, but also, I mean, there's there's a lot of Seinfeld that are um, w- without the landline, the answering machine as a, a plot device. It mean. does they don't make sense, right? It like, won't work. Uh, like when George is going to meet Marissa Tomei, and Elaine tells Susan that Art Vandalay is an importer exporter, and he imports uh, chips and he exports <laughs> diapers. And then she's rushing to call George to tell him that so that they get their story. George, if he had a cell phone, then that doesn't, it's not funny. Because she just text George, hey, make sure you say this, right? So um, it's funnier a lot of the times if they can't get a hold of each other. Yeah, I wonder in like 10 years from now, maybe less, there will be full grown adults who may have never seen. A phone in their house connected to a wall or to a landline yeah there will be a, that that not far from now where people just know a cell phone isn't that crazy yeah people will won't even um they won't think of a banana as a plate uh, to hold it up to your ear as a phone because uh, to them that would be like that's not what a phone looks like no what would it be just a, a hand Probably like a palm, <laughs> I right? I, mean, I can't think of a fruit that's shaped that way, but it wouldn't be, uh, yeah, uh, banana wouldn't will no longer be the uh, the go to uh, pretend to talk on the phone fruit. You wouldn't, uh, you know, why? Because maybe an there's avocado. A, there's always a phone around. You just use your own. Before you were never always buy a phone. Oh, yeah, what a, so interesting. Even in the Chinese restaurant, he's waiting for the pay phone. There is, a, yeah, there's no pay phones around. I don't, I don't know where pay phones are. I mean, I think they still kind of exist. St. George Station is the one place I know there's a pay phone, and I'm terrified to use it if I ever had to. Like, I, if I, I think to myself, if I ever needed to use that pay phone, it would be a really bad day. Like I look yeah, at a payphone now. I can't imagine what kind of grossness is on the. Although people use them less these days, so. But it's like the, whenever you see someone on a payphone these days, it's not going well for them. Like, That's what I mean. That's <laughs> they're, what I'm trying to they're say. They're yelling at someone. They're fighting yeah, over like a desperation cigarettes now. or something like that. Like they're not. They're not doing <laughs> great. They 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 don't. They're resorting to using a payphone, which is that's not good for you. You gotta so, have yeah, change right. for that. You know. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Change. Nobody has changed anymore. <laughs> it's like, holy. I mean, can you tap at a payphone now if you win? You should be able to tap, no, if you had to use a thing. I don't know. That's if what I mean. Won't die, you won't die. It's not the end of the world. But yeah, I can't imagine the disgusting. Like it's, I feel like the only people who use payphones are like like meth addicts. <laughs> right? <laughs> Just open sores and stuff. Like I don't want uh, I, I don't want to use uh, that. Uh. Um, speaking of open stores, open sores. Costanza's boss is obviously like he's not a likable guy. I mean, he's your typical boss at a at a Levitin. I mean, yeah, he's uh yeah, he's he's but I mean I think you you've worked with guys like this. He seems like he's that just that he like kind of casually sexist in a way you know uh, i mean they, i feel like they don't really make guys like this anymore no uh, you I don't know think just so. like uh, the girl ava comes out where were you friday night oh i got tied up oh i bet you did you know everything yeah, and everyone laughs along with it and she's got yeah that would not fly today no. very much uh, that's why he's up here and you're down there he's the boss i'm a winner i'll always be a winner 
the the actor is the guy's name is Fred Applegate. Um, okay. I feel like I've seen him in other stuff, but I looked up his IMDb. He's like a theater actor and stuff like that. I don't really recognize him from anything else, but he seems maybe just from this episode, but he seems very familiar. He does, right? But I couldn't place him either. Maybe there's just like a similarity to somebody that he reminds us of. That happens sometimes. Yeah, I would have guessed he was on something like Married with Children or something like that. I can't remember. Like Mm -hmm. He looks like something like that, but he's been around a lot. He's like a character actor on a lot of TV shows. Like I'm looking at his IMDb, but a lot of the stuff is after Seinfeld. So like he did Seinfeld. He's like, you know, five episodes of Night Court, four episodes of Growing Pains, uh, uh, Murphy Brown, Empty Nest, ER, uh, you know, stuff like that. But he's been around. Like a recurring character actor. Yeah, one episode, two episodes, yeah. five episodes, stuff like that. Yeah, like Grace Under Fire, Suddenly Susan. Okay, he yeah. He was in the other Cosby show, the late 90s Cosby show, by, uh, oh. just called Cosby. How many episodes there, Shane? One episode. He played Barney. <laughs> he does, does look like a Barney, that's for sure. Yeah, he kind of reminds me in stature of the, uh, what's the guy from Pee Wee Herman, the villain, Pee Wee Herman's neighbor, the guy who steals oh. his bike. That guy is in Seinfeld, too, the actor. Yeah. He's David Benedict in the bakery in the dinner party. Yes. He's Francis. Francis. Francis that's right, yeah. Francis. Get your own bike, Francis. Yeah, very similar. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that's um, what's confusing him. We also have uh, the lady in the office. She's uh, Glenda, she's called. Um, she's been Really everywhere. loud, obnoxious. I remember her a lot from, remember that show, Step by Step? Yes, yes. Yeah, you know, she was on that a lot, I think. But um, just, yeah. And she comes back later as um, when they're, the sniffing accounting episode where they're going to, yeah. Newman creeps her out at the mailbox and she yells at him. She, she could be basically playing the same character. She could be also Glenda there. She had a kid in that, in that scene, right? No, no, no. She's at the. She's mailing something, and then Newman, oh. I think he. I don't know what he does. He smells her or something like that. She, <laughs> up, she calls. Her, she's like Johnny, and she calls her boyfriend, and then Newman runs away. That's why he That's never right. mails the letter. But yeah, Glenda, who is played by Patricia Darbo, Patricia Darbo, who yeah, I mostly. She's been a lot. She was actually post Seinfeld. She was in five hundred and five episodes of Days of Our Lives. Uh, wow. Which I know her mostly from. She was on Step by Step, which I think was pre Seinfeld. But that's no, but she's got one of those faces. She's in a lot of stuff. You know her. Yeah, I've seen her around. Yeah, Step by Step, I think, was concurrent in the 90s with Seinfeld. But it does feel it's funny how those like family shows, they don't always live up to that. Like They don't age as well. But I did like that one at the time. It was my yeah, after- I mean, we were school kids afternoon. There was no sign like Seinfeld wasn't uh, for us yet. We were children. We were watching was, Step by Step at Family Matters, the Friday night lineup. That's right. And Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World, that's right. <laughs> um, we got one other great character actor in it. Um, I think, uh, I don't know how to say his name. John Capodice, Capodice. It's, uh, he's an Italian-American actor. He, you probably recognize him from uh, Ace Ventura. He's a guado. I don't remember. He, and in Ace Ventura, when he goes into the police uh, station, he's uh, like, uh, Officer Aguado, he's the one who oh, really yeah, agonizes yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, uh, Ace yes, Ventura. Yes, yes, yes. That's the uh, laundromat owner. Yeah, that's the laundromat owner. That's yeah, right. So, okay, yeah, yeah. So no, he's no, like, no. those are like three of the characters that are show up in here that I think are pretty memorable and interesting looking people. Recognizable, yeah. Uh, when Jerry goes back to the laundromat, I did like the fact that Kramer was wearing Jerry's old jacket. 
I was going to ask if you noticed that. He's wearing yeah. the suede jacket that got ruined. I loved it. I'm like, yes, that's awesome. I'm happy that, that they, they threw that in there. It wasn't just a throwaway thing. No, that was hilarious. Um, <laughs> so the revenge is George is getting revenge on his boss who tried yeah. he tried to co- go back and, and he gets fired again, basically. And then also Jerry is, and Kramer are getting revenge on the, the laundromat who they believe stole $1,500 from Jerry. Okay. <laughs> I'm okay with it because I grew up watching these shows. But today, like, telling I'm going to slip him a Mickey and you got your friends for like, yeah, let's let's go. But then George calls him like, we are mental. Like all of these things that are being, it's like, you don't, they don't make them like this no more kids. No. And as he says, it's like in the movies. That's what I said. But it's also (laughs) like, I mean, it's not a really good plan. Like what the plan is to, so a a Mickey is essentially a roofie. Is that right? Because I mean, we're not familiar with these terms. Like um, to me growing up, a Mickey was a small bottle of, you know, booze that you grab in the liquor store and keep in your pocket. You have a Mickey of vodka right. or whatever. Maybe right. they're related in some way, but it's definitely not like a roofie. But the plan is to just roofie this guy and that's it. Then he, he'll it. fall just down. He might keel over, he apparently. He might keel like. over. Like. <laughs> it's not a good plan. It's not a good plan at all. There's no revenge <laughs> in this. You're mental. Uh, <laughs> and I, so I don't think anyone would write that today. But then on the flip side, Jerry's trying to get back and destroy this guy's laundromat because. I think if you were to do something like that, it wouldn't just ruin, I think, the machine. It could go back into the water supply. Yeah. And, like, it would be – it could be very interesting to see what a a block of cement (laughs) – So on top of, like, being the first sort of appearance of Newman, this is also the sort of the first real coming out of – when you said – Costanza, it was his arriving. This is also kind of Kramer's arriving. Uh, this is the first real physical bit that he got to do, which Michael Richards was known for before Seinfeld for his physical comedy. Yeah, this one is a full-fledged classic Kramer bit. And in true Michael Richards fashion, he insisted that the bag actually be a full bag of concrete, like not flour, like heavy concrete, because it looked real and looked funnier. And getting it in your face will hurt. It will sting. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those reactions, those knee-jerk reactions that he gives you are just so classic. I just the one where he, t- he opens the lid and then tries to pour it in. The lid goes down and he just clunks right on top of it. It's it's good. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, no, that it was one of the highlights of this episode for sure. Um, what's the most valuable thing you've ever lost? Maybe in the laundry, but just in general. Like, have you ever lost that one thing? Or like, God damn it, that's gonna that hurts. Nah, I mean, I've lost phones and like iPods and stuff like that. You know, especially like there was a <laughs> there was a year when I was in my early twenties where I was drinking quite a bit and going out and partying a lot. And I think I lost in one year. I probably lost like five phones. I just kept Jeez. waking up and just being like, I have no idea where my phone is at. But uh, not really. I don't think I've lost anything too valuable. I've uh, lost an Xbox. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wasn't even mine. It was on, left it on the bus. Someone inherited an Xbox that was modified and had like thousands of games on it. And I fell asleep and got up real quick, jumped off the bus and left the Xbox behind. Uh, That one hurt. Never got it back. Who would give that back? Who would give that back? Yeah, that's true, I guess. Yeah, that one hurt. But in this case... I just had to figure out a way to give this guy uh, an Xbox back. There's no revenge against me. <laughs> Jerry and Kramer 
Now, well, Jerry's this, not even that into it. It's Kramer. He's not the Kramer. one who's like insisting that we do this. Are any of these revenge plots sensible at all? I think it's a good one if they do it properly. <laughs> like the, the way Kramer does it, it's so ridiculous. But I mean, the if you wanted to do that, but it's also we find out at the end that the dry cleaner was innocent. He didn't try to steal anything from no. him. No, no, they at met all. In the, the money. The money was in uh, Kramer's laundry bag the whole time. His boys were separate, <laughs> which ends up almost being the cost of repairs. <laughs> yeah, how much? How much was fifteen hundred bucks? And how much is it, they think the cost to replace that washing machine? Once again, Kramer just costing Jerry money. He's the most expensive neighbor of all time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Shane, what? We got some nice, like, um, Elaine and George uh, collaborating together, which is really nice. Like, I was watching a video and um, commentary, and and Julia Louis Dreyfus said she really loved working with Jason. Like, this is the first time they got to work together and kind of like. plot together and do stuff and she said they they were such good they had such good chemistry it was like a um, there was like a shorthand to comedy comedy there that like they really worked for them yeah and you and you can see it anytime they they were together doing something even if it was antagonistic they just always reacted so well to the other person yeah they're really like friendly with each other here and then but like later in the seasons go on she's really you can tell she really just has disdain for george and uh it just uh, leading up to so many funny uh, antagonistic things between them it's always the best part of like a group of friends when you have that one friend who like i can't stand you like you're part of this group <laughs> you drive me crazy but i love there's little like uh there's little bits where um like when jerry's dating that girl the who's she's the loser and then George goes, every group has a loser in their friends, you know, that they make fun of. Like we do with Elaine. And Jerry gives him that look like, <laughs> <laughs> that's how you see it. <laughs> so good. Um, Shane, what is the best revenge? Living well. <laughs> There's no chance Is it that. living well? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I would say so. I think I like some good revenge. These plots are not really, uh, they're not very good revenge plots, but uh, I think I like some revenge uh, in a way. I don't know. Have you ever lusted for revenge in your life or something? I have, but it was more like vengeance than revenge. I never got to exact it, thankfully, because I was in like angry and scared. But have you ever had like revenge, like I need to get my... Yeah, I got uh, I got I think I'm I'm pretty happy with a revenge. I don't think I want to tell people here. Okay, off the air. We'll put it's it in the bonus. It's not so bad, but it's kind of funny. But I feel like it's like, eh, you might not be on my side with this one. Uh, okay, all right, all right, all right. I got you. Understood. <laughs> are we ready? Uh, are we ready for giddy ups? Or is there I more that I'm? So. Am I missing anything? Uh, no, I think we got. Oh, one thing I really like is. Um, so when when Newman does jump, Kramer comes in and says that <laughs> Newman jumped. He jumped from the second floor, and that's right. Uh, they revisit the suicide. The suicide, and he's just laying on the ground, faking. faking Apparently, it. he was fine. And uh, I like this. Mr. Papa Nicholas saw him lying on the ground out there. And if, if you know, there's so apparently they have like a one of the production guys. His name was his last name was Papa Nicholas. So they use that. Okay. And I think it's funny because I think it's also based on when um, on the subway when Kramer bets on the horse, he bets on Papanik. 
Ah. I feel like it's the same. Like they're just using those names. Where they they do a lot of that with the writers and the production guys, like Stevie Corin, Alec Berg. They're like so. I just I thought that was kind of you know, funny and a cool little joke there that Papa Nicholas is Mr. Papa Nicholas. Like it. That's good. Uh, yeah. No. It, it was. I'm like, man. There. I remember having watched this before that they go back and they I think Newman does jump. I'm like, how did how does how do they get out of that? Does he die or was it? a fake like it was and I, there's something to it because newman obviously comes back as wayne knight but i couldn't remember but just how much they talk about him i told him to jump and then they yeah. go again where he's like kramer i'm on the roof what are you waiting all right for? <laughs> what are you, waiting? you want to go to get a drink later he says do you want to play pool he goes no That's i can't it. i'm going to see a movie later <laughs> oh man and that, apparently they changed the script, but apparently when he jumped, apparently he did jump from the roof in the original script, but he hit an awning apparently or something like that, so that yeah. he didn't die. That's but they changed it so that he, I guess he jumps from the second floor and he didn't, he wouldn't injure himself. I guess you could break an ankle doing that. Definitely. Could. <laughs> um, remember we talked about in the episode the apartment. We talked about Harold and Manny, the building managers. We yeah. So we would like to see them again. Apparently. Harold and Manny, or one of them, was supposed to be in this episode to deal with the Newman jumping off the building. And so they, they cut the scene, or or they never shot it, or but originally the, one of those guys was supposed to be back for another episode. They could have even referenced them instead instead of Mr. Papa Nicholas. But Papa Nicholas is a great yeah, name that's true. Yeah, Papa Nicholas is re- funny, but yeah, they could have said Harold and Manny or whatever. But I mean, it's not a big deal. But it would have been cool to deal. see those guys like again. Well, the best revenge, folks. It's a good life. Yeah, it's living, living well. well, right? That's what Jerry says. That's, That's what Jerry end. says. He says it at the end. He says it in the episode. He goes, "The best revenge isn't the best revenge living well." And George goes, "There's no chance of that." <laughs> <laughs> All right. How many giddy ups you giving this one? Uh, I'll give this a six. This is a six for me. I'll give it a six as well. I do like yeah. the, um, the 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 birth, not the birth, but like. You get your Kramer and your George Costanza full-fledged. They are here to stay. And yeah. from here on out, you're just going to get better and better versions of their bits and their, you know, unemployed George. You get a couple years of this. It's good stuff. Although if you notice in season three, the episode The Stranded, where they get stuck on Long Island because George, uh, it's it's a weird continuity error thing because they actually shot that in season two, but they didn't air the episode till season three. So in that episode, they don't really mention it, but George is talking to that girl Ava from the office, and uh, he seems to still be employed as a real estate agent. But then there's never any mention of it again. So he's like he's unemployed from here, and then that one episode he seems to be a real estate agent again, and then he's unemployed again. They don't really talk about it. Yeah, I don't. But I think we definitely like unemployed George is is our George. Yeah, that's the beginning of the gold, for sure. Yeah. I'm gonna give it six giddy ups as well. All what right. Are George's other jobs that he suggests when Elaine's there, maybe he could be a professor. He likes the Civil War. He's, maybe he could he loves the Civil War. He's got a really but teach something you got to know a lot about it. Yeah. Maybe have a degree. Yeah. He likes horses. Maybe he could be a stable boy. That's probably a union thing too. <laughs> All the things he comes up with. Talk show host. Someone said I'd make a very good talk show host. I don't <laughs> yeah, think I talk it... to people all the time. <laughs> He's so delusional. I love it. Okay, um, I'm going to give you some trivia right now. Let's do it. Let's do it. What's uh, uh, what's the company that George is working for? 
Rick Barr, uh, real estate. For properties, properties. So about, you you get that right on trivia. Uh, they're having their tenth anniversary. When and where? Oh man, I knew I should have paid attention to this. I don't remember it. On it's I, uh, Wednesday at four, four p.m. at Lasky's Bar, Madison and Forty Eighth. Madison, yeah. I looked up Lasky's Bar to see if it's uh, still around or if it was a real thing to add to my Seinfeld tour, but it's it's not. <laughs> uh, Elaine helps George because uh, she told him that. Uh, Rick was a sexist and cheats on his wife, but the real reason Elaine helps him is why? Doesn't recycle. He doesn't recycle. <laughs> when they're at the bar and George is pointing out Rick to Elaine, what animal does he describe Rick as? It's a pig, some type of pig. You know, the one that looks like a blowfish. Blowfish, that's right. And then he's, he does. They should they shoot to him, and he does look like a blowfish. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, yeah, I think that's good. That's enough. Fifty percent. See, I wouldn't make it to the next round. Got to sharpen up. I gotta, th- I gotta do trip. I gotta think of the trivia questions you would ask me when we do these, because I knew the location and time. I'm like that. That would be a trivia question for Shane. That's a hard trivia question, though. But something like uh, name the the jobs that George and Jerry talk about George having, like a list. Sometimes they use um, they go for tiebreakers, and often they're 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 lists. Okay. Uh, so, the, oh, I forgot to tell you this at trivia. So the team that got perfect on the third round, what they did was before the third round ends, they go they'll go here's a tiebreaker question, so it helps them figure out who won if there's if there's a tie. Um, so they'll usually do like a list question. So uh, this time they said, on the back of your paper, write every Jerry girlfriend you could think of. And the team that got perfect on the third round, were very t- they only wrote eight. They could only think of eight. I, we wrote over 20, and we ran out of time. I would have kept going. I was like, you know, there's at least 60. So I just go on, go on, go on, go on. You have to so I was like, to me, that name? says, like, I think they were cheating. You're that big of a fan. You know all these questions so well, but you can't think of more than eight Jerry girlfriends. I don't know if I could name more than eight Jerry girlfriends. Absolutely, you could if you think about it. I don't know their character names. I would know the actresses who played them. Like, uh, I know Dolores. I know Elaine. Um, I don't remember. I don't Who's remember. Your favorite? Oh, Elaine is the best. But I mean, if she doesn't Sidra. count. Pardon? Sidra's your favorite. Sidra's Terry the, Hatcher. The Terry Hatcher. But see, I wouldn't have remembered her name. You got Marla the Virgin. Marla. I wouldn't have remembered her name. I would have called her the Virgin. Um, the girl that Jerry always wants to get a massage from. Joey the masseuse. See, I don't remember the name. I just remember she's what the, the the actress that plays the Stifler's mom. I can't remember. She's yeah, the, that's right. Uh, yeah, she's that's, huge now because of the White Lotus show. We got Donna Cotton Dockers. That's we right. Got Marlene, George's ex girlfriend too. Also, Jerry dated her. Marlene. Yeah, yeah. Who's the Vanessa one? Vanessa of Sagman, Bennett, Robbins, Oppenheim, and Taft. I know them, but I don't remember all their names. What about Tia Van Camp, the model for Calvin Klein? Who wears the ocean perfume? The Sharon Leonard from the outing, the the New York Times, the New York uh, University paper. I don't remember. See, I don't remember their names. Oh, all right. Well, God. I guess I'm a real fan. You are you a real fan. That's uh, why you're Courtney here. Cox plays Marilyn and the wife, where they pretend they're oh, married. I know that's the thing. Donna Changstein. <laughs> that one I would have remembered. Janice Graham, the Bette Midler's understudy. What was uh? 
the one that I always remember is um ugh, the one that sees George naked. That's um that's um not uh that's Ooh. Rachel. Rachel from Hamptons. Because that's, that's right. the one he makes out with at Schindler's list. That's right. That's Rachel's huge. in I think three episodes. Yeah, she's his girlfriend. The Rancos, the Hamptons, and then at the beginning of uh or no, the end of season five, the opposite. She breaks up with Jerry, and he's even Steven. And he goes, "That's okay. Everything seems to work out for me." So she's in, <laughs> yeah, she's in the raincoats, which is a two-parter. She's in the Hamptons, and then yeah, she she's great. The way she laughs at George when she sees him naked. Yeah, she was great. Yeah, see, I couldn't name twenty. You're a nerd. Yeah, I am a nerd. <laughs> Everybody, that's a Seinfeld nerd with us. Thanks for uh, tuning in again. For season two, this is what, episode seven that we're on now? Season two, episode seven, that's right, yeah. yeah. We're making our way through. We're almost done. Almost getting Oh, we got coming up. Your favorite episode. The worst episode there is, I think. All right. Well, that's not a way to make everybody excited to listen to the next one, Shane. Well, we're going to talk shit about it. Still, we should, I mean, I don't know if we are interesting, but I think it will be interesting hearing me bitch and moan about how I don't like the heart attack. Well, there's nothing that you do better than bitch and moan. Yeah, that's my favorite. You're really, really good at it. People think I'm unhappy because I complain all the time, but that's what makes me happy. I I totally understand. It's the Italian (laughs) in you. Yeah. Like, sometimes people want to solve the problem that I'm complaining about, but I'm like, no, it's not that. I I like just bitching and moaning about it. Well, rate and review the show. Subscribe to it if you have it on uh, I, uh, podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Pod Addict, whatever, Podcast Addict, whatever you like listening to. Hit the subscribe button. Let us know what you think uh, and, and how much you enjoy Shane complaining <laughs> and me laughing at him. Uh, Shane, where can they follow you? Because you are a comic book artist. There are places for people to follow you. Instagram you at Shane Heron, S-H-A-N-E-H-E-R-O-N. That's about it. Great self-promotion. I love it. I'm All not right, here everybody. to promote myself. I'm here to talk Seinfeld, baby. Yeah, but you're the Seinfeld champ, and you're also a comic book artist. we got to use this to our advantage now. Champ is yeah, here. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. Later, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back soon. Giddy up. <laughs>